Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It is Tuesday, March 16th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The Missouri Tigers are back in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2018. Coach Conzo Martin's team is seated ninth and will take on Oklahoma on Saturday in Indianapolis at 6.25 p.m. Central. The Tigers and Sooners have been scuffling lately. OU is a two-point favorite, and the teams are familiar with each other, having met during the regular season last year in Kansas City. On today's show, we'll hear from Conzo Martin from his news conference after the selection show, but first, star columnist Vahe Gorian and I discuss the Tigers and their chances on Saturday. Vahe followed the team in the SEC tournament last week, and I covered their last eight or nine games, so let's get started talking Mizzou. Okay, Vahe, you... Uh, covered Missouri at the, uh, at the Southeastern Conference Tournament. They beat Georgia, which was good to see after losing to Georgia in the regular season. But then, but then lost to Arkansas. I was a little hopeful that they could – they played Arkansas well during the regular season, beat them in Fayetteville and lost to them in overtime. And Arkansas, you know, one of the hottest teams in the country going into the SEC Tournament. But it was just the problems that we've seen Missouri have over the last few weeks of the regular season – we're on display in that Arkansas loss. So let's look back quickly at, at, at that game and and then maybe spin it forward and see how um, how we think Missouri will do in the NCAA tournament. But um, Arkansas just took control of the game in the second half, and, um, and it was tough for Mizzou to battle back. Yeah, but you're right, Blair, that you could sort of see a microcosm of the, the, the last month in that game, right? Missouri got up to a 23-13 to 13 lead. And, you know, what is it that happens psychologically with them when they get the double-digit lead? It's, it's been such a pattern. You can no longer say, like, oh, it's, you know, coincidence. So Arkansas promptly goes on a 16-0 run and gets the lead back. But that's not the game. I mean, the game is in the second half when Arkansas gets another little burst like that, and Missouri just couldn't quite counteract. You know, they hang tough. They keep playing. But they, they, uh, they just get into these kind of funks where um, – you know, one bad shot leads to another bad shot, right? Not just missing, but taking bad shots. They shot early in the shot clock uh, way too many times. It was a bizarre game in the sense that they had 10 offensive fouls, 10, you know, charges basically called on them. I, uh, Conzo said he'd never seen anything like it. I don't know that I have. And Arkansas had five. That would normally be a lot. But um, so it was just a weird game. But it seems like they have a weird game all the time. And they get a couple things going you know, we know by now that uh, that Tillman is kind of a focal point and he's not really been able to answer that responsibility, I guess, is one way to put it in the last couple of weeks. Um, he had zero rebounds in the in that game against Arkansas. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a school of thought that he's still, I, I think, still struggling from whatever the death in the family was that, uh, that you know, had him miss two games with a leave of absence. I, I, I don't know what's what's really true or not true but um i i think that it's pretty crucial for them for him to to be very aggressive in this game and even to the point of if he gets that second foul early then then so be it but him being passive is part of the part of the issue for them yeah look the zero rebounds is just unacceptable for a, a player his you know his position his size and position um yeah and I thought it was interesting, uh, Xavier Pinson, uh, after the game, Xavier, I should say, um, 
he met the media for the first time really in, in weeks. I, I hadn't seen him on a Zoom call all, you know, since I've been following the Tigers. So it was his first time. And he actually kind of subtly said something about needing needing the big fella to, you know, to, to be better, uh, to be more aggressive on, on the offensive side, to look, you know, get, get in position, look for a shot. And then it goes without saying he's got to be a better rebounder. So I do think that Missouri's advantage a lot of times is Jeremiah Tillman. He's the guy nobody else has. And when he's coming up empty uh, or to the, you know, to the extent that he was against Arkansas, that really is a detriment to, to Missouri. But the other thing, the other issue I have with Missouri, when they're not playing well, I keep waiting for one of the guards, the experienced guards, Drew Smith, Mark Smith, Xavier Pinson to take charge, you know, to, to, to draw the line in the sand and say, we're, we're not, this isn't happening anymore. And I don't, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but it's maybe on the defensive end, he gets the great stop or, or, uh, but that doesn't happen as much as I want. I guess I would want it to happen for an experienced team. Yeah, it, it, you're right. And you know what's weird, Blair? It's sort of counterintuitive, but you know, they're seven and one in games decided by five or fewer. So they've had some moments where they kind of are able to grit it out. And I think that's 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 interesting and not quite promising, but but it tells you like, okay, they've sort of got some of that in them. And you said a second ago that, you know, we don't know what that looks like because we don't see them coming through with the, the big plays and the harder situations a lot of times that get you to that point. But we did see against Florida, Drew Smith make that play at the end of the game. And I know this was in your story, and I remember hearing it on the Zoom call. That play came after Conzo had to say, be the player you're supposed to be. Make, make this play. Because he'd been passive and 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 uh, gave up the ball with an open shot on the previous look, so there's something that's just not quite connecting with, you know, when to step up, when to step back, or some some such thing in this chemistry that looked so good early. I mean, looked good in the first wave of the season when they you know non-conference play, and it certainly looked good when they were they were you know beating top ten teams three times uh, along the way two in the SEC. So that's the frustrating thing, I guess, about watching this team is that you feel like, well, you know, what's in there, but there's something, there's some disconnect. Right. And not since early February has Missouri won back-to-back games. So they're three and six in their last nine. And, uh, and, and it's been, it's been since that little cluster of victories that included the Alabama, the win at Tennessee and the victory at home over Alabama, where they've won two in a row. Well, uh, they're at the stage of the season where winning streaks are pretty important. And uh, the, that, that, that first loss is going to get you eliminated. Missouri takes on an Oklahoma team that is actually from, from a record standpoint, playing worse than the Tigers right now. They've lost the Sooners have lost five of six. After jumping like Missouri, Oklahoma jumped into the top ten at, um, at at a certain about maybe about the time Missouri did because uh, Oklahoma was going through a, a a great phase where they were beating ranked Big Twelve teams, uh, and then all of a sudden they ran into a, a snag and they, they 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 lost to Kansas State and um, and then lost to Kansas in the in the in the quarterfinals of the Big Twelve tournament. So. So Oklahoma's coming in on a little bit of a of a down note as well. I, I it's an eight nine game, and I know that you have 
consulted the trusty NCAA tournament book uh, to uh, do the do the the handicapping on this. I I didn't realize that the um, uh, so at least for the last couple of years uh, the 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 nines have had great success against the eights. Yeah, and you know overall, I remember that that it was always closer than uh, anything else, and that's that the nines might have a little advantage overall in it. So it's 72 to 68 historically, but radically that way, the last two NCAA tournaments, 4-0 in 2019, 3-1 in 2018. So, you know, whatever that tells us, it's, it's hard to know. It is interesting, though, to your point, these are two teams that have both been on the skids coming into this. And so as much as, you know, this happens all the time with a fan base, right, that the fan thinks about their, their team's liabilities. Um, and, you know, the Missouri fan has a little of that, you know, the, the what was us going. But Oklahoma's sort of had the same thing going. Now, for whatever it's worth, Lon Kruger obviously is a much more experienced NCAA tournament coach than Conzo. Um, but I, I don't know exactly what that means. We're, we're in a really unprecedented moment with even the oddities of the bubble all these different things going into this sort of stew of factors in this game that, that it, I think it makes it harder to predict than it even normally would be. I agree. How, how interesting. First of all, the, the start of the tournament has been pushed farther into the week, right? The first four is not until Thursday. In previous years, those games were on Tuesday and Wednesday night. And then the, um, the first games of the, the first round games would be on Thursday. It'd be Thursday, Saturday, and then Friday, Sunday for the regionals. Instead, they're Friday, Sunday, and then uh, Saturday, Monday. So we can have second round games on, on Monday. Then the following week, it's even pushed farther. Regional championship games will be on a Tuesday night. So it'll, uh, it, it, is, it is different. And we did get to speak to some Missouri players on the, the selection night, uh, Drew Smith, as he always is, was illuminating when his, you know, just taking us into, you know, what's happening uh, with the players in Indianapolis. The Tigers, you know, uh, you were with them in Nashville. You came home to Kansas City. They went to Indianapolis. So Missouri, like most teams, have been, they've been there, will have been there for a week or more before they played their first game. And I understand they had to quarantine the first day before. Um, after the selections, I think on Monday they quarantined. So um, I, I don't know exactly what the schedule is the rest of the week, but I do know that it, it, it's in Indianapolis. <laughs> yeah. As are all teams. And what, what a strange occurrence this is. It, it, absolutely. And, and, you know, just to uh, elaborate on your point. Um, so they stayed, they stayed in Nashville on Saturday for, whatever reason, I'm not sure. Maybe they couldn't be accommodated yet in Indy. So they went, but then they went right from Nashville Sunday to Indy, spent the afternoon at the, at the speedway because they were waiting for their hotel assignments and they were going to get tested. I think when they got to the hotel, et cetera, et cetera. But I thought it was kind of interesting when Jeremiah Tillman was asked if he was looking forward to going into the bubble. He goes, no, not at all. like we're going to be locked in our rooms 24 seven, you know, but, but then he sort of, you know, made the point that we, we understand what we have to do, but that does speak to a little bit of, you know, the, the, the mindset and being there that long, it's really interesting. Blair Conzo made this point and it's going to be true of every team. Right. But it actually be exactly the same. What day did Oklahoma lose to Kansas? Was it Thursday? On Thursday. Right. 
Okay, so it's a day more, but this time of year to go eight or nine days uh, without playing a game is a little unusual. I mean, I think sometimes you can get knocked out in a tournament early and then play on Thursday, but or play on a Friday. But Conzo was trying to make this point, and I think you know it's the right thing to do for any coach. You know, you you take the circumstances you have and you try to mold it in your favor. I think he's trying to make make the case to his team that having this amount of time off is really part of the reset that it will give us a chance to practice. We've, you know, not been who we wanted to be, et cetera. Here's where we get to work on these things and really be fresh. I could be wrong about this Blair, but I don't think, you know, even with the postponements or some games being moved around, I don't think they had a, a, a break of this many days all season. I could be wrong about that, but I just think that's kind of interesting. And, it's the same for Oklahoma, but I, I just wonder what who will be able to use that to the best effect. I remember thinking when Missouri got off to its great start this season that one of the reasons that happened was because it's a, it's an older team, an experienced team. You know, they're, we're talking about seniors and juniors throughout the starting lineup. Kobe Kobe Brown's a sophomore, but everybody else is a junior or senior, and and I thought that was to Missouri's benefit as when the season started and we saw them defeat. Oregon and go to Wichita State and beat teams like Oral Roberts and Liberty that are in the NCAA tournament. Maybe maybe there's some of that now that um, you know a week together um, uh, with, with the Tigers. Maybe I'm grasping for straws here, but I'm trying to think of ways that it could be of to Missouri's advantage to you know to have a little bit of time off to to regroup and to come together as a as a team. I do know that. Look, they had a team meeting late in the season, and and that was before the Florida game, and that ended up, you know, turning out well for, for the Tigers. But uh, so they're taking on an Oklahoma team that they actually know the personnel a little bit because the teams played last year in Kansas City at uh, T-Mobile Center in the at the, uh, the Thanksgiving tournament, the CBE Hall of Fame Classic. Uh, Oklahoma ended up winning that game, I think, by eleven. Uh, but Austin Reeves and Brady Manick are two great shooters for Oklahoma who are back for the Sooners and, and will be in this game. And just about everybody is back for Missouri because they returned their entire team. Let's just uh, let's close it out, Vahe, by, by uh, bottom lining it and saying uh, if Missouri doesn't win, uh, will how, how will we frame this season? It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be difficult to expect a, a victory over a top-seeded Gonzaga likely the opponent in the second round, top seeded for the tournament. But I think a win over Oklahoma would um, would, would, would we, we would remember this season in a that maybe the Missouri met its potential. Um, without a victory here, I'm I'm not so sure how how we're gonna frame this season. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, I think I reflect on uh what we saw in that first couple of weeks of the season. And I, I can't remember if you said it or I said it, but we were talking one day and, and I think actually you said it, um, but you can blame it on me if, uh, if it turned out I did, um, that this looked like finally the team Conzo, you know, has been wanting to have, right? He's finally got his team. And I think that, that that's sort of part of the subtext here. Like it, it, it seemed like he finally had his team and if that that doesn't lead to an NCAA tournament win, that's really pretty disappointing. I mean, I think that that's a you know an easy term to use, but I think that that would be the case. I think we'd feel like you know that that 
they didn't achieve what they they would would figure to have achieved. Right. It's been so long since Missouri's won an NCAA tournament game. Right. It's uh, I think I think twenty. I want to say it was twenty ten. It was twenty ten, and you know I'm old enough to remember when it was a disappointment to win a tournament game and and typically losing the second round. But they they certainly had their share of first round heartaches too. Right. Um, but it 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 has been that that's that's the longest player since uh, the gap between 1944 and 1976 for Missouri. How about that? And, and that 1944 win was a, a game that isn't played anymore. It was a consolation game, I think, um, of some sort. I was a third round. Thing. Right, right, so, right. So that's that's a. I think that's a fairly notable point. I mean, especially given the change in eras when it's you know much more. Uh, you, you, many more teams get in. Right. Okay, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll hear from Conzo Martin after the Missouri uh, after the selection show. He has he met with the media, and we'll play his his interview in full, and we'll bid farewell to Vahe Gregorian for now. But he and I will uh, reunite in Indianapolis. We are the the Stars coverage team in Indy for the NCAA tournament uh, in Indy. That's not to say that there aren't many other star columnists and reporters covering the tournament, but you and I will be on the on the ground in Indianapolis. I'm really curious to see what that's going to look and feel like uh, in the most unusual of, I want to say this is NCAA tournament number 83, 82, or 83, but the most unusual one um, in term, because of the circumstances. So, well, hey, look forward to seeing you there. Wait, I want to clarify something. Number 82 or 83 for you or for both of us combined? <laughs> just overall. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, All right, Blair. Thanks. Take care. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKC offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Coach, congratulations on getting into the tournament. Um, you know, just overall, your, your thoughts on uh, on playing Oklahoma in the first round? Well, first and foremost, excited to be back in the tournament. Uh, I'm happy for our guys, our program, administration, everybody that's involved with, with, with making this go, man. It's not an easy thing to do, so certainly happy for our guys. Uh, Oklahoma, Coach Krug has done it for a long time at a high level. has been very successful. I know they're a very talented team. And the game I remember vividly is why. 
before we played Alabama. They played Alabama, so just scouted and watched that game. So very talented team, and that, was, that game was out their best score. So I know they're talented. They beat us last year in uh, Kansas City, so I'm looking forward to it. But, you know, again, we'll start breaking down film tonight. Mitchell 40. Gonzo, did you come into today with any sort of expectation on seeding? And then do you use that as motivation in any way with players, or you just say, we're in, let's go? No, I think if, if you're in a position to fight for one or two, one, two, three seeds, you, you fight for that. But, but after that, man, it's, you're in. You're grateful to be in. And let's play some good basketball now. That's how I looked at it. And I feel like we have a great opportunity, first and foremost, with Oklahoma. Ben Arnett. Conzo, you just saw these guys a year ago, um, and they bring back a lot of the same people in, in key spots. Is is last year worth looking at, back at and revisiting, or is too much time passed? Oh yeah, we would, I, I, we would, because there are certain tendencies that you know coaches and, and, and teams have. So you would always look at that. I mean, why not? You got plenty of time to do it. But you also watch key games, and the biggest thing you will probably watch at least five, six plus game film. Um, I, I would certainly watch last year's game film, and then you kind of watch teams that play a similar style to how we play and how they played in that game. And, and Oklahoma's normally not a zone team, so you don't have to watch that as much, but you got to be prepared for anything. Eric Blum. Kind of similar to you guys. You guys lost six of nine going into the tournament. I think they lost five of six going into the tournament. I mean, just these are two, it seems you guys have kind of similar resumes. Does that, you think, make for a usual March type of game or – what Man, there you go. You're bringing it up like that, but no, it's just, no, it's just, no it's just, it means it, we, uh, it's, 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 it's simply basketball, conference play stuff happens, teams compete. I just think tournament times are fresh start for your teams. Oftentimes, when you play in league games, teams get familiar with you. You have those same internal doubts that you have when you played against the team, didn't play well, whatever, good or bad. I think I just think this is a fresh start, exciting times, man, and just a you know, tremendous opportunity. Hey, matter. Yeah, I was going to touch on that, but how much can your team kind of benefit from um, a, a restart or a, a refreshed time here where you get some, not time off, but time away from games? I think a great deal. I think a great deal. I mean, because I, I thought it was great. You playing Saturday, so it gives you enough time to practice. I thought we, we practiced for like an hour this morning. I thought we had great energy in that morning practice. And, and I think for us, the, the, the more we're able to practice, the better we are as a team. And just to get back to kind of who we are going inside, outside, good shot selection on a consistent base. And part of good shot selection is being able to get the ball inside to Jeremiah when he's assertive and he's aggressive. Because when that doesn't happen, if he's not assertive, then all of a sudden you got questionable shots in there because guys are kind of out of their character, so to speak. So we got to get the ball inside to him and, and just flow through him. Ben Hawkins. I just wanted to follow up on Jeremiah. Um, maybe not the best SEC tournament for him, but a good game prior to that against South Carolina. Uh, what needs to happen at practice this week, preparation, to make sure you get the best out of your big man? Really just him understanding who he is, getting back to that. Uh, you know, again, obviously, you, you know, he had to leave the team, and that was uh, understood. So now just him getting, getting acclimated, getting back to playing the way he knows how to play the game, playing with energy, playing with passion, running the floor, rebounding, and just even watching screens, when he's setting those screens, diving to the rim aggressively, all those little things that made him good. He just got to get back to it. And, and again, play, we got plenty of time to watch, plenty of film, and he'll get back there. He'll get back. Jack Sobel. Conzo, you guys played in plenty of games that came down to the wire, uh, and you made, made some plays to win some of those games. Uh, how, how much does that experience help you heading, heading into the tournament? I think it helps, but I think more than anything, as, as well as we like to see Jeremiah play, I think when you get in, in, into these type of environments, you got to have good guard play. 
You've got to have good guard play. That, that means defending, taking care of the ball, making timely free throws, good possessions, not turning the ball over, sound jump starts, making good decisions. You've got to have good guard play when get this time of year because they, they can get you over the hump. Because you obviously got to have somebody to get Jeremiah the ball, get him easy looks, get him good opportunities, keep him out of foul trouble when you guard another guy's best players, man. But you got to have guard play, man. And I think it's important. Yes, and we've been in those type of games, but we got to be sound down the stretch of those games. Bill Pollock. Yeah. Hello. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Conzo, for your time. Um, two questions. Where's the confidence level of your team? And then uh, just talk about playing in the bubble and the preparations that may be different or how you go about that just with this tournament. I guess I, 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 I assume I can answer that question for you at a later date because we haven't had practice yet here. But I mean, it's a part of every, everybody has to do it. So, so the adjustment would be for everybody. So as far as being in the bubble, confidence, I, I've never worried about confidence with guys. Man, it's basketball. You have some guys that, that are shooters, shot and falling. You got to get reps in it. And, and I think oftentimes with confidence, get, getting the first one or two to go, but also the preparation, getting them to go. I mean, because again, if you're a shooter, nobody's going to make it easy on this time. So that means you got to be strong in your preparation, strong in your drive, strong in your decision-making, your shot prep, all those things that makes you good. But I, I think confidence... And I, again, I've always said this to our guys, don't get so consumed with your shots falling or not, because if you defend, rebound, and play as hard as you can play, you don't have to worry about that. But if you can... If you consume with whether or not the shot goes in, that's your whole focus. I think that's when guys have a tendency to struggle. Uh, back to Mitchell Forty. Conso, I think Jeremiah is the only player on this team who's actually played in an NCAA tournament game before. How do you kind of strike the balance between, you know, making sure guys enjoy this experience and the fact that it doesn't come around too often without making the moment big? Well, again, it's, it's – Oftentimes, the stage sets itself. You're in the NCAA tournament. You're playing against a very talented program in Oklahoma, a lot of history at Oklahoma and Mizzou. And you're trying to win a basketball game. So the energy will take care of itself. But up until that point, you got to enjoy the moment. Because oftentimes, you go so hard, you stress out so much, you never get a chance to enjoy it. I mean, it's Drew Bugs, NCAA tournament, Drew Smith, NCAA tournament, Mark Smith, all these guys, first opportunity. Man, you, you have to enjoy this. I, I'd be a fool to tell those guys not to enjoy They have to enjoy it the best of their abilities, have fun, rejoice, stand be glad, all those things, man, because you, you made it to, you worked hard to get to this point. So you have to enjoy it because the game will take care of itself. We'll practice all, we'll compete and all that, but you got to enjoy it being in Indiana because this is historic times. I don't know if there ever be another venue like this with the NCAA tournament, at least up until this point. We're in the Speedway right now having a great time. Had a chance to go around the Speedway track. It's beautiful, man. So you, you have to enjoy it, man. Because these are, like Drew Bugs, Drew Smith, them guys are singers. You don't get this again. Aaron Ladd. Coach, you talked about building consistency last time and trying to be as consistent as possible. When you're in a one winner go home scenario, what do you lean on when you've been inconsistent down the stretch? Well, that's it. Uh, well, I think what happens, man, when, when inconsistency is uh, it's, it's really focused, just focus on the task at hand. Concentrate on the things we work on in practice. But again, we're, we're as good as any if we're whole. We're all together, inside, outside, play. Jeremiah's been affected. Three-point timely shots are falling. We're defending, we're getting stops, all those things. So they go hand in hand. When that doesn't happen, now all of a sudden, as a guy that shoots a shot uncharacteristically, as a guy that drove the ball, it's really not his strength to get himself in trouble. Those sorts of things happen. So what we have to do, we have to make the thing flow and do what we do in practice and execute what we're doing. And I think we're good. But, I mean, 
but good teams make you get out of character. That's that's what when you at the, when you at this level and this setting, good teams that Oklahoma do something where we have to make an adjustment. We will do something where they have to make an adjustment. But but in that you have to still make sound decisions and you cannot turn the ball over. That's important. Tyler Hollins. Coach, this being your fourth NCAA tournament team, I'm wondering, does this current squad, whether it be a certain player, resemble or remind you of any of your past NCAA tournament squads? I don't know. That's always different, man. It's just different mindsets, different coaches. I mean, different DNA of guys. You know, some guys have real edge. Some guys are so chippy in practice every day. You got to calm them down. You know, we, we have guys with different type of demeanor. Uh, so it, it just, uh, I, I wouldn't say that. I just think it's a new team. It's a unique team. Experienced guys, I, I would consider this group a laid-back group more, more so than other teams I've probably had. Eric? Hansa, we know Saturday and we know somewhere in the state of Indiana. Do you have any timeline for when you find more information out about, about when your actual game time is? I'm hopeful we'll find out tomorrow. because uh, I think I think between tonight and tomorrow we all, you know, COVID protocol. So we'll just be in our hotel rooms. I'm not sure how much we'll have interaction with each other just because of the COVID testing and all that. So that's all I have right now. Facts Kaufman. Kind of going off that, have you guys like entered the the bubble yet? Or are you guys waiting to enter? What's the no, right now? We're in, uh, you know, all the teams that got here early, uh, we're in Speedway, uh, and basically around the track in, the, in these suites and, and watched it from the suites. Uh, and I, I would imagine when this is over, uh, we'll start uh, circling out of here at some point. Yes, but we're still in Speedway as we speak. Just ahead, to follow up on that, um, how do you think your your team will handle a, a bubble like you know situation where you just kind of probably in your hotel room and that's all you can do? I don't think they'll be too bad. They're on those video games all day, anyway, so I think they'll be fine. <laughs> I think they'll be fine. Uh, hey, hey, Conzo, kind of related to that, um, what what went into the decision to go right from uh, Nashville to India? Was that Sort of a mandatory thing, or it was a, a, a school decision. Well, it was more. It was more the SEC and, and, and kind of the NCAA just saying we'd, we'd rather because they didn't want us to come early and then have to go get a hotel. They want you to go directly when you, when you come in. The, the, the COVID protocols and the procedures. You do that. You drop your bags off. You do all your testing. Then they'll tell you which hotel you go to. So they they didn't want any teams coming unless you absolutely had to. Is that, in a sense, good for you? You've had a little more ability to just have them at your beck and call and sort of, you know, just keep everything under under wraps? Yeah, but, you know, our guys have been professionals about that. They understand what we have to do. They've been great all season with that, taking care of their bodies, staying out of harm's way. So that part has been good. Uh, Bill Pollock again. Yeah. Um, what's it mean to you to uh, be playing back in Indiana and, you know, kind of a homecoming for you sort of, right? It's good. You know, my, my mother-in-law lives here. My brother, my son goes to school here, man. Just, you know, I spent 18 years of my life in, in Indiana. I mean, it's good, but, but, but truthfully, the most important thing is trying to get basketball wins. I mean, I'm, just, I'm happy to be here, man. It's exciting times. I mean, with the bubble, I won't get a chance to see anybody. Uh, so that's part of it. I mean, just, but, but it, more than anything, I'm really happy for these guys, man, to get back in the NCAA tournament. It really means a lot to me, man. I just, guys fought. They fought hard. Went through some, some bumps in a row, stayed the course. And just to give these guys an opportunity to transition out uh, when their career is over from a college standpoint, to be in the tournament is a great feeling. Dave Matter. Gonzo, did you have any quick thoughts on how the, the committee viewed the SEC? I think LSU is an eight, and 
I know Alabama was hoping to get a one and, and didn't get that. Did you think there was maybe undervalued your league somewhat? Uh, respectfully, that's probably always the case in some. I mean, I just think because because it's such a high power league and football is so big and it's so successful. And then I, I think what happens when, when Kentucky's not in that, then you assume that the league is down, which is a great league. I mean, LSU can score, LSU and Alabama can score as well as anybody in the country. You you pick the team as anybody in the country. I mean, the job that Mike White has done is a, is a remarkable job. You you lose the player that you're in the conference and the way they stayed the course, man, it's unbelievable. But I, but I, I think, it, but when I was in the league the first time, I felt that way, you know. But, but that's why you got to go out there and just do the job. Got time for two more so we can get to the players. Uh, ben Hoffman. Kanzo, uh, four years in Mizzou, two NCAA tournaments. Can you just describe uh, your emotions with that and what that means to you and, and for your staff and, and program? It's great, man. It's, it's hard work, man. And, 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 and hindsight, or you can say whatever you want to say until I, I, I like to think it would have been more of John Tate Poole wouldn't have been injured. You know, you're talking about guys with potential player of the year in this conference. But it's part of it. Man. I'm, just, I'm happy for our guys. We stayed the course here. Um, we, we continue to fight, and I, I think our program is in a great place. We'll continue to get better, but it's a it's a great feeling, and I think we're really just getting started. Mason? Hey, Coach, you've talked a lot this season about not looking at the rankings too much or what position you're put into. Is that sort of the same mentality now that's March Madness as opposed to rankings in the regular season? Oh, this is just basketball when you get to this point. I mean, you, you, you can sit there and say, man, I'd like to have that CD. You're looking at a four seed playing, uh, like, for example, Oklahoma State is a high-level team. They're playing against Liberty. Ooh, man. <laughs> you look at those, so let's regroup. And just be, but but you're here now. And it's just, it's, it's simply basketball. And, it, and it, it is really a culmination of what you do best. And you have to impose your will on it, just like that team will try to impose their will on you. Thanks, Coach. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Vahe Gregorian for stopping by and talking Mizzou in the NCAA tournament. Links to his stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for $0.99 cents a month. Sports Pass is the Kansas City Star's sports page online, includes Many more stories that don't appear in print. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month, unless you cancel. What a time to subscribe. The Royals are at spring training. March Madness is here, and it's never not Chiefs season. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. Get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Wednesday with another episode. I bet we talk Chiefs on Wednesday. Wednesday.